Is small business behind the curve when it comes to making changes to your product or service offering? In today's episode, Ed and Phil will discuss the strengths and weaknesses, threats and opportunities for small business people when market conditions go soft. What should you do in your business if sales slump? Tune in today and get ready to dish up the business buffet. Welcome to the Business Buffet Podcast with Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. This is a conversation in and around business with a pinch here and a sprinkle there of anecdotal stories. Like most buffets, we will offer the staples, you know, the things that are in every buffet, the meat and potatoes with the cursory helping of veggies. Our Business Buffet Podcast aims to give you the fundamental principles and strategies any successful business needs to know. Please subscribe to the Business Buffet Podcast wherever you download your podcasts. We hope you're hungry as the Business Buffet is open and ready to serve. Now, here is Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. Today's episode is brought to you by F1 for Help, your on-site service and support specialists. If your computer is doing something it shouldn't, give Joe a call at 208-687-0183. Welcome home, Phil. Thanks. <laughs> Phil has been gone. You know, we, we record our episodes in advance. I think we've talked about that before. Yeah. And then, and Phil decided to go to Coronavirus City. Uh, uh, excuse me, Seattle, right? Actually, it's not actually Seattle. That would be Coronavirus City, uh, city Kirkland, Seattle. Area. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, it, no, sa- sunny uh, San you, Diego. You went to San Diego. That's yeah. even worse. Well... One would think. Yeah, I got a text from my daughter almost daily. It's like, just want to let everybody know, wash your hands, make sure you're doing it for 20 seconds, and don't be around large groups of people. And I texted back, um, would that include 4,500 people at a conference in right. San Diego? <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of 4,500 people, I went to Costco this weekend. Um, to you, tune. You know, I we were at a toilet paper. You know, and I like the Charmin. I really like their ultra soft Charmin. And they were sold out, weren't they? They were sold out. Unbelievable. Like, you know, I got to Costco and, and I called Kay and I said, they're out of our favorite brand. Meanwhile, people are taking. It's, it's, it's really quite nuts. I mean, if you're going to, you know, if Armageddon's coming, I'm not stocking up necessarily on toilet paper. I'm stocking up on like rice and beans. Oh, I'm not. I'm stocking up on scotch. I guess that does lead to toilet paper. Huh? Yes, does the rice and beans do? I'm I'm stocking up on scotch <clears throat> and wine. That's right. I think that will be my staples. That's right. If the end of the world is coming, you want to feel good about it, right? I think so. And I will say this: um, this might be, well, probably be the last episode I appear on because clearly the coronavirus is taking the world by storm. I was in front of 4,500 people. And by this weekend, I'll probably be dead. So we should do your eulogy to now? Well, maybe not now. Let's wait till it actually happens okay. and then we can go there. <clears throat> All right. Well, not to poo-poo an important, you know, whatever. But yeah, I think it's gotten a little out of hand. Well, well today's episode is being published on March 10th. And <clears throat> that, that would have been my dad's 85th birthday. Almost everything I know, I know because of the way my dad raised me. He is a big source of strength in my daily activities. I, I'm not sure if it's him tapping me on the shoulder or dropping hints in my dreams, <laughs> but, but I've always had a sixth sense about business, or at least about business trends. With the virus that's coming up with this 
so-called business Armageddon that, yeah. that we keep hearing the media talking about. It's hard to tell whether it's a business slump mm. or whether it's a seasonal activity. But have you ever faced in your business, Phil, stagnation? And if so, what did you do about it? You know, that it's a really interesting question because there are so many variables, right? And and really, one of the things small business owners, business owners in general, but small business owners for sure, have to be aware of is um, is is being able to read these things accurately. Is it a knee jerk reaction? Is it actual? Is it an actual trend? Is it something that is seasonal? I, so yeah, I, I have. Um, there, there's kind of a, it's funny. One of um, Shelley's coaches used to say. If we need an influx of money in our house for whatever it is, a new refrigerator, we just want to go on vacation, we need, you know, 4500 bucks. I'd create a product and sell it. And it was usually a digital product that involved business. But she would see some a need and then find an answer for it. As business owners, when we see a, tr- a trend going the wrong way, uh, we get a little nervous. But... As small business owners, yeah, do we see the trend? Well, because usually in the trenches so deep, that trend that could be really obvious to outside people isn't so obvious to us because we are doing so many things. We're wearing so many hats, busy doing a lot of things, sometimes just spinning our wheels. But yeah, how do you, how do you become aware of that? It, look, you can look at the numbers. That's a pretty obvious thing. Hey, I didn't make as much this month in the last two months. Actually, that's now in the, the last, last six three. months. Right? Yeah, so yeah. now that now there's a real trend, but is it too late to recover? Well, you know, and I think that's a disadvantage that small business people face is financially we can't weather a long stagnant storm. We we kind of have to make a change. You know what? What inspired me about today's topic? What should you do if your business is stalled? Was actually an article um, in in Entrepreneur Magazine. Uh, it, it was about a gentleman named Jesse Wolf. He created this delicious hummus that his employees, his mm-hmm. investors, his friends and family, they just absolutely loved. What, yeah. what Jesse wanted to be, he, is, he wanted to be the Ben and Jerry's of hummus. Personally, I, I never really got into the hummus craze. Kay, my wife, she loves it. I feel um, a joke is coming here. No, no, yeah. <laughs> I just see a sparkle, a little twinkle in your eye. You know, a little that, lead in. You know, that word hummus, it, it just kind of, <laughs> there, there's so many ways to go with that. But, you Let's know what? Just change out one letter, yeah. What happened is Jesse, he went to market with his um, flavored hummus. And probably did really well, right? They because, were doing pretty good. Well, I mean, a hummus that everyone seems to like, the stores will be knocking down the doors to get them in on the shelves. But that was the problem. They uh, didn't. Uh, because the store shelves were full and they are not real easy to allocate more room for not more, more room. Exactly. Yeah. You know, there it's just not a lot of room allocated to hummus yogurt. Okay. A lot of room hummus. Eh, not so much. And that's what he found. He found that the stores just weren't open to it. Well, it was kind of forced upon him and it kind of got me sideways thinking about what does a small business person do when their business sales are flat? In, a, in the case of Jesse, he, he went from a hummus to a salad dressing. Yeah, but that wasn't that, that didn't happen. He didn't pull the trigger on that. No, it took some time. But Well, and it took outside influences, didn't it? It did. It took yeah. people coming in and saying, hey, why don't you look at this? We don't have, here's a space in the marketplace. 
But you know what? That's exactly what we as small business people are facing. You and I, we're both serial networkers. Mm. We, we go to events religiously. Um, you know, I'm at usually three or four events a week. I think you're at least at that many. I was at one really long one last week. Uh-huh. Really long. Really? Re- what, was a, what was the one last week? That was the social media marketing world. Oh, the social media. We'll have to do an episode on that. That sounds yeah, like, it would be good. We would. Like and I want to apologize to Shailene Johnson because a couple episodes ago I called her Charlene Johnson. Oops. Eh. Oh well. Oops. I might not tag her. <laughs> well, when we're at these networking events, we have an opportunity to hear our own presentation through the ears of the people in the room listening to it. And it's a smaller, more intimate room. More intimate. Yeah, yeah you're, you're able to kind of assume the role of both presenter and listener. And, and I, I do that frequently. So, yeah, some of my uh, most uh, profitable changes have come simply because I listen to what the people in my networking group And those say. are people you trust, though, right? Eh, mostly. Yeah, I mean, because, so, what, well, There's I mean. Some but people I wouldn't tr- trust as But I get, I, I, the but, ones yeah. that you listen to are going to be the ones that you trust. Exactly. And now it doesn't mean that you're not going to hear the ones that you don't necessarily trust, but those you don't give as much weight to credence to. You know, we're talking like, like you and I are talking right now one-to-one. Mm-hmm. Now that's a very intimate conversation. It's one to one, and you have one to few, which is more like a networking thing, right? You got what fifteen to twenty-five in a group, and uh, so you're going to have a little bit few more opinions. And you have one to many, which is what our podcast is hopefully doing, right? Taking this to many, but you're going to get a whole bunch more different opinions. But you know what I found is like in a chamber of commerce, I, it was most prevalent in a chamber versus a business networking group. I'll, I'll talk about two, but. We had a couple of people, this was in the, the uh, East Portland Chamber of Commerce, which by the way, I still get your newsletter. Can you stop sending me the <laughs> newsletter? I, I've unsubscribed numerous times. I'm in Coeur d'Alene. I was going to say, but you opted in. I'm in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I'm no longer in East Portland. So what you're saying is but you I digress. could care less. You could care a, give a rat's behind about East Portland. That's right. I'm not even a dues-paying member. Why would you continue sending me? I'm not. Anyway. Uh, there was a couple of people at the East Portland Chamber that made it their point to share their opinion. And, and I think small business people are kind of behind the eight ball on this because there's sometimes the worst person in the room shares their opinion and makes sure that you listen to it. They do everything in their power to make sure that you stop everything you're doing, listen to them while they berate you about why your business sucks. And, and are, so that's what those people at that chamber, they were those type of people. They were those type of people. Okay. You know, and I've run into those type of people at every chamber I've ever gone to. Can I ask a, a quick question? Because so, we get questions all the time. Given what we do, we get questions all the time. What do you think about this? I'm thinking about doing that. How do you, how do you answer those questions if you have a fairly strong opinion, a, opinion that you think is actually the right way of doing it? How do you... How do you... I always start with the question. Okay. You know, first off, tell me what you're doing. How do you think it should be done? I, and I, I did get one pushback. I, a gentleman, he asked me, you know, what do you think about a landing page in this particular case? Mm-hmm. You know, a landing page that um, started with... I don't want to go into the details. It might identify the individual. This, 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 and this. And, and our listeners know what a landing page is, right? Maybe. 
on the website, you have a page that's really not one of the main pages, but it's a hidden page that you drive people to directly. Like first time visitors, things like that. Exactly. Okay. So he had an opinion about that. And what he was really doing was he was challenging me as a web developer. Turns Ah. out the individual was a web developer and he was really trying to capitalize on my street cred by taking me down a couple of pegs, hoping that he would gain those pegs. Interesting. So I, I saw what was happening, but this is because I was an experienced networker and I, I've seen it before. But this was actually one of the first times that it was happening directly to right, me. Right, right. So I answered that question with a question. Well, why don't you tell me how you would do it? <laughs> That's funny. That's, and so it's interesting because I had a very similar competition, uh, conversation, not from somebody who was trying to bring me down a couple notches, but someone who thought they had um, a stronger and more educated opinion on the differences between Facebook and Instagram of a few minutes, not, not very long ago. I and apologized for that. I'm no, it, actually, you're the second. Con- no, <laughs> it was about an hour ago. Let's put it that way. But it. You know, you do have to know your audience, right? So when you're having these conversations, it's a fine line, right? You want it to um, be open to objective, whether it's criticism or critiques or something like that. The reason I asked you that question is because when I um, am asked that, if I don't follow that up with a question, what I will usually say is, in my opinion this is why I would do it this way and this way, or this is what I think about this and this. Because when it really comes down to it, there are multiple right answers. There are multiple wrong answers. I'm just one of those. And, and I don't want to, I, I don't like the idea of me being an expert, but I have elevated in my craft and in my industry to a certain point. But does that make me an expert? I don't know. Well, but except now, let's turn this around. Let's okay. say that your business is in a slump. Okay. That's the reason for the today's topic. Right. Exactly. So your business is already in a slump, but nobody else knows that. We don't go to the chamber no. and say, dude, no, my, no. my it's business like is sucking you go to, wind today. Yeah, when you go to the chamber, it's like doing a Facebook post. That's right. Life I, I mean, his life is great. This I'm is... too busy. Leave me alone. <laughs> but, you know, so you're already in the slump. You've, right. You're feeling like business is in the crapper. Pardon the language. And here comes this uh, happy-go-lucky right happy individual who thinks they're all that and then some. And what they're really trying to do is just get a, either get a rise out of you, get a ding out of you, or take some of your street cred. And, and all it's going to do is just make you feel even worse. Well, and, that's, you know, I'll tell you, being a small business owner, you have got to have thick skin, right? And I do. Skin, I said thick skin. Oh, not the fat. Not, just, okay, just the skin. skin. Gotcha, okay. Business buffet. Um, <laughs> sorry, it doesn't take too long. Did I tell you about the artichoke special at Costco? <laughs> no, no, you went right to the toilet paper. Yeah. Right right there. Well, you know, guy my size. <laughs> um, thick skin to be a business owner. You have to, uh, you have, to have a, a certain element of confidence, and yet... We all deal with these little voices in our head that are talking us down, right? Bringing us down or justifying or something to that effect. Um, and like you bring up trends, define trend. I think trends come in different shapes, lengths, sizes, all of that, depending on your business, your industry, your momentum, 
all of that, right? The trends. Well, and the more time that you're in the trenches in your business, you learn those seasonalities. You learn the peaks and the valleys. And honestly, if you do have those 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 slumps, you can do one of two things. That's when you let employees take vacations. That's when you take vacation yourself or take some time off or recalibrate for the for the next swing of business or feel figure out a way of of lifting up that slump, right? Well, and that's, that's what that, I think. That's kind of what we're talking about today. Yeah. So, you know, on that, okay, we, we know there's a valley that's coming up and, you know, business is going to go into a slump. Uh, what, what inspiration do you draw on to find ideas on how to fill that valley? Well, you have to figure out what you're lacking. What, so case in point, um, and we had a person on from this particular nursery uh, in our, one of our ingredients episodes, but you take for th- for them, they used to run till October and then take like November, December, January, February, and most of March off. That's like four and a half, five months. Uh, and I would say, it seems to me like you are running more of a hobby than a business. Let's figure out at least how to do it in 10 months. Well, we're here in Coeur d'Alene where it's snowy and hard grounds and all of that. I get it, but customers will forget about you in five months. So you're starting almost from square one again yeah, when things start begins. back up. Yeah. yeah, and so I don't think that's a good business model. So how do you keep them coming back in? And so that's where uh, you draw on people you trust to mastermind things. I will tell you this. I'm doing a business shift with with Shelly, my partner. We're going to create another social media entity to help support our social media conference, okay? And now we're in the midst of trying to come up with names that are catchy. We did the same thing with the business buffet. What sounds right. And all of our, I thought it was just because we were at the China buffet. And you thought, gosh, we could just change out China to make it business business. buffet. Bingo. And then we can have our side dish, our main dish, our ingredients. Most all of my ideas come from food. I'm (laughs) just saying. Well, and I lean on you for that. I count on that, but we are trying to come up with all of these really good ideas. Now, we're two people. Are we really going to give ourselves the best creative answers? We have a situation that we're trying to create. And this is the same thing if you have a business slump. You have to identify what, why the slump. Is it real? Is it, I mean, is this just a, a blip? Your, your, your overall trajectory is going well, but you just had this little dip? For, for reasons you can't control. And the coronavirus is one of those things, right? I mean, this is a... Well, and, but that one's an obvious one. You can see, no, okay, I get so that, but, you see the market drop 10% in a week, and okay, well, that's going to affect the down channel. So that, that one's easy. It, what's harder to tell is, you know, that some plant is laying off a bunch of people and it hasn't been announced yet. It's harder to tell that, you know, there's... Um, market conditions now that wood's no longer available to build homes. Well, that's not really going to be hitting the market for another 18 months, but the construction workers, they're not going to be out building homes. Right. They're not going to have a paycheck. So oh. they're not going to be buying bread. Well, what about, what about the Apple, uh, 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 the, the, the companies that are producing the iPhones for Apple mm-hmm. in China, they're shut down. Right. I mean, I'm sitting here with a brand new, uh, iPhone 11 pro max that, had I not bought this four weeks ago, you wouldn't have got it. I, I, 
and I wouldn't have got another phone either. That's right. Uh, they're just not out there. In fact, I'm thinking of selling this for 2500 bucks. There you go. And going into a repurposed one. They get a flip phone. <laughs> I think the smartphones are a fad. You I'm think just... they're, yeah, that's right. You think the Razor? Uh, hold on. I, I got a, I, I think I have another point I was going to bring. Ah, I forgot it. it oh, I me. do that to you all the time. I know. I hate that. It's kind of Because like... I know you're ready to go with the, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, what? one of the things that I do for inspiration um, is I get away from my business. Oh, I, that's good. I read a lot. You know, sometimes I feel that what's holding me back from finding the next thing in my business is I'm too close to business. Mm. I'm constantly thinking about the business. Well, we, we need to take a break, but before I do that, Phil, I got a question for you to ponder while we take the break. How long of a break is this? Um, do I have not, time to go run? No, not long enough okay. to do what you want. But <laughs> do small or micro-sized businesses have an advantage or disadvantage when it comes to implementing a business pivot? Hmm. Now is a good time to mention our episode sponsor, F1 for Help. Founded in 2000, F1 for Help has been perfecting the art of computer repair and maintenance for almost 20 years. At F1 for Help, we offer a variety of services in-house and on-site, ranging from estimates to our popular general maintenance program and reloading your operating system as a part of a wipe and reload if you want to take the cost out of IT, we recommend signing up for the F1 for Help Manages Services. If you have any questions, please give F1 for Help a call at 208-687-0183. F1 for Help. We clean windows, but we aren't janitors. Welcome back. Before the break, I asked Phil if small or micro-sized businesses had an advantage or disadvantage when it comes to making a pivot in business. Phil, what do you think? So we actually um, kind of touched on this month, month and a half ago about uh, the ability for small businesses to, to turn and make uh, actually some pretty significant changes versus big companies, right? It's, it's the whole idea of in, in the war when you had the big ships, the little, the little boats were like running circles around them. The big ships take... You know, they take time to, to maneuver and turn while the other ones are running circles around them. Kind of kind of reminds me of the when USSR went into Afghanistan and declared war on Afghanistan. Afghanistan was kicking the hell out of the Soviet army. Not with tanks, not with airplanes. With bows and arrows. No, with Toyota pickups. Well, I, isn't it funny, though? They would, t they would take a rocket launcher and a Toyota pickup, and they would charge a tank. And because the car was so fast, they could outdrive the turret and get behind the tank and take them out. Yeah. I, you know, but So this is actually really interesting because it is a unique and creative way of taking down Goliath, right? you got to know the weakness. And so what we're doing is we're trying to dissect this and reverse engineer it. When you see that slump, what do you do to get yourself out of the slump? Well, how easy is it for a small business to do this? Now, obviously, we, we have resources and, and money is, is an issue many times for small businesses. But honestly, you can do the hard work. You can do the grassroots things that big businesses cannot do. And to this day, that's still um, uh, uh, a real reason why you can compete like a s small soda company can compete with Coke. They can still do that because they can maneuver where Coke cannot. It takes an act of Congress within Coca-Cola company to make a change, to make a change where like you will 
throw out a idea to a couple people that you think are knowledgeable and you trust. And they're like, that's genius. Boom. And you implement it done. Now there's a learning curve and making all that work, but absolutely. I think small businesses have an enormous, um, leg up on big businesses because of the ability to pivot. Now, do you pivot off emotion or are you pivoting off of objective or object? Yeah. Objective, uh, data that you're getting. Right. Right. Which is another episode altogether. Right. Right. Uh, driving business with emotion or non emotion. So, well, you know, the, the small business, um, they're closer to the market. I, I think the, what, what we're kind of pivoting around, what we're talking around here is as a small business owner, we're closer to the market. We know what the consumer wants because the consumer is our neighbor. The consumer is our friend where the, um, the big business, <clears throat> corp, the boardroom, they, they're not talking directly to the consumer. They're not getting direct <clears throat> evidence, but they've got to sell a million units where you, know, you and I, we only have to sell a few hundred units. Right, but uh, even when, a, when a, big, a big business, and you just mentioned board meetings, right? Uh, when, you, when, you, when you're talking that, they are not the ones that are face-to-face with, the, with the, uh, their customer. Right. They're doing upper level things and are many times out of touch with the, with, you know, the down in the counter level. Right. Right. Well, I mean, and yet they're making decisions. What they're, the company. what big company, what big companies are doing is they've got R and D departments and they've got the dollars to support those R and D departments. And those people are doing focus groups and studies and surveys, things that a small business person just cannot do. Uh, but the economy of scale favors, in my opinion, the small business owner, where we don't need to spend a million dollars to roll out a new product. We can just roll out a product. Right. You know, and I've talked about on this podcast <clears throat> numerous times, every year, right around Thanksgiving time right, right. to, to the first analysis. of the year, yeah. is, is one of the valleys. It's a predictable valley, and it's a really good time to take some time off of work. And what I do is I do a SWOT analysis on Thanksgiving weekend, and then I spend that whole month getting ready to the first of the year mm-hmm. to take advantage of the strengths and opportunities and diminish the weaknesses and the threats as right. much as I can. Right. Well, any new products that I'm going to roll out, that's when I roll it out. However, I went to, um, when I started doing websites, you know, I, I didn't start Zenith Exhibits as a web company. Started as a trade show consulting right, firm, right. built trade show displays. But because of my background, I, I built my own site, did my own optimization. And so friends kept asking me to build them their website. Well, I, I didn't charge a lot of money. At, mm-hmm. at the time, I was only charging $350 for a full website. Yeah. Nothing. You know, to me, it was a throwaway. It was, a, it was some money to build a relationship yeah. that I would eventually sell a trade show display to. I went to a Robin Robbins conference at actually at the request of a friend of mine from California. He said, you know, Ed, would you go with me to this conference? Because I get more out of it when you're there because you ask good questions. And Robin get good fe- Robbins. Robin Robbins is a marketing guru okay. for the computer technology okay, industry. It. Anybody who's listening, who is in managed services probably knows who Robin Roberts is. I was thinking is. Robin Roberts. No, yeah. Robin, no, Robin, yeah. Robin. Okay, but, gotcha. um, so I went to this conference and I absolutely loved it. I was 45 minutes into the first evening's keynote address 
and I had already decided that I was going to raise my prices and yeah. right on the spot, I was documenting changes in my business completely unrelated to the technology business that Robin was talking about. But and something could, triggered you to make that well, decision, right? The, the yeah. information that they were sharing, certainly, that's, that was my inspiration. The, it was the way they were presenting the data, the, the way they were talking about the marketing. It just resonated with me. I helped my friend implement the same thing in his business along his computer repair side. But for me, website development became a core business component right. of Zenith right. Exhibits at that moment, sitting in Nashville, Tennessee, listening to Robin Robbins. I raised my prices. I doubled the price on the spot. I came home, and my business took off from there. Right. And what the point there is is it didn't cost me thousands of dollars in focus group studies. It didn't take me months or years of time to redevelop. On the spot, done, come home, it's live. My first sale was a week later. Right. So as a small business person, we have a distinct advantage, in my opinion, over the corporate world. But question, is it possible for a business to overreact to market conditions and make changes too soon? You kind of alluded to this, but... Well, and it's funny because the whole idea of this episode was inspired off of that article, which had to do with the hummus changing to salad dressing. Salad dressing. Much like like Viagra was originally a high blood pressure um, drug, right? Mm-hmm. And yet it seemed to do something. Yeah, it had a side effect. I was going to say it seemed to do, uh, <laughs> do, how, uh, do something far larger. If four hours or more. Call That's for, right. But, I'm, but I'm calling it Discovery Channel. But it's, it's funny because I don't know what the market was for, um, you know, hypertension drugs and the need for that and all of that. We know because of this article that, okay, sir, you have great hummus. That's fantastic. We just don't have the room. And we're not, we're not going to make the room for this. We have allocated enough space for hummus. That's it. No more. Right? So... Because there was enough of that category filled, even if it wasn't the best. But happenstance would have it that the salad dressing was the first vegetable-based, organic-based salad dressing in a very slow and weak market. And there are people doing this all the time, taking a, a product that they had a site on, and it has to change. Or there's somebody that I know that buys brands that are tired and and almost dead buying those at a dime on the dollar. If Revitalizes not less, them and re, you, know. you know, Nilla wafers or K Swiss shoes, things like this. They're, they're resurrecting that brand based off of what they know how, how to brand something. Right. So it, it does come around. Am I making sense? You, you are and it. You know, I think also, Everything old is new again, based on yeah. this concept here. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes looking at what was done before that's not being done much anymore is is potentially an opportunity because people were used to the product being that way. And then either fad, trend, industry, fickle cycles. Look at the clothing line. And that's a, I'm really glad you went there. We listened to a book on the way down to, to Southern California that one of the, it, it, the book is called 
uh, take control of your life. <clears throat> and so one of the stories here was uh, this author had a client came in and they wanted to resurrect their own clothing. They wanted to make their own clothing. And they went to a clothing uh, industry leader who said the following uh, that will never work. If it was something that would have worked, it would have already been done. And and, and I'm listening to this thinking, that's just stupid. I, I mean, you look at, we can look all around the office here on things that someone said, this would be a good idea that's not been done yet before, right? It's so, you know, I, I think, and, and, and this person actually went to an industry leader, somebody that actually did have something of value to say, but it was the wrong advice. Well, you know, and consultants like that are everywhere. And small right. business people sometimes, unfortunately, listen to the advice of these people. How many opinions you get if you ask five people? You'll get six. Probably seven. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you have to understand that going in and take that advice or the opinions, take them for what they're worth and go with your gut and move on from there. Okay, so we've made a decision. We've made a pivot. Now, how do you know if your plan is working? What do you do to make sure that the change you've just implemented in your business is, in fact, working? Well, we might be doing something very similar to this model, right? Hmm, really? Yeah. I don't know. I want to let too much uh, out. But, you know, it, you have to identify a measurable time to look at what the changes, what effect it's made, right? Mm -hmm. and, and honestly, you have to do this as objectively as possible or then the emotions get in and it will cloud the data. It's about business. Right. It, business is business. I mean, look, people will, okay, take this podcast for instance. We could be great in our own minds, but people will listen to it and if they like us, they'll continue listening. If they don't, they'll stop. That is just a fact. That's right. And that's one of the reasons why newspapers are suffering and magazines are suffering. People, the writers now, they can go out and do freelance work and the uh, public will tell them that's the editor. The public is the editor. Right. If they suck, no one, will read, yeah, the, no one will read their, their uh, material, right. their content. And so, I mean, it's harsh, but it's true. And this is a, it's a very important thing to think about. So how do you measure that? You have to have your own, um, you have to, in any business, you're going to have identifiable measuring sticks, right? You have to know you what those to. are. And, and that's going to be You only improve that what you measure. Right. And by the way, it's not only money. Money certainly has to uh, be a part of it. What if you're making, um, you know, $50,000 a month more, but you're spending 70000 bucks more a month? You know, I think that's from, not a that's not a net win. You know, I, I think from an accounting standpoint, there's certainly obvious measurements that will tell us the change we've done is working or the change we've done is not working. The new product either is selling or the new service is grabbing hold or it's not. And if it's not, then you keep changing. This kind of goes to my last question here. Should you go cold turkey and dump your old ways in favor of the new or implement both solutions at the same time? Well, actually, there's a part of me that says, yeah, fail fast. Get up, pick yourself up, and move on. Uh, as long as nobody dies, we're all good. Right. And, and that may not be the right answer, but I think you can, oh, you can have uh, uh, paralysis by analysis 
and it, it you're not going to get anywhere. How how do you go halfway in? How do you just stick? Yeah, if you're going swimming, put a toe in to see how cold the water is. No, jump in, jump, yeah. do it. Look, it's going to be really hard that first few seconds, and then it, all of a sudden it's just great. You know, I I kind of feel if you're unsure whether the change is going to grab you you don't dump what is working even if it is slumping you you roll out the additional and you phase out the old um i i think it's just smart business you you don't completely abandon what is at least partially working is this like using a new software to measure votes yeah (laughs) let's like hey this will work let's go ahead and go uh, right now today is now when we put in the conservative guide for american (laughs) politics spot wow i didn't think we were advertising that on this one okay well right now we just had just got a new sponsor right (laughs) (laughs) well you know the challenge is real every small business owner feels this Small businesses do actually have the advantage over big business when it comes to making a marketplace pivot. However, because financial resources are limited, small businesses have less time to identify the potential market failure and thus must react faster. My advice for the small business owner, spend less time behind your desk and make sure you have good reading of the people in your market. Stay ahead of the trends and whenever possible, anticipate the next big idea. Do you got a quote of the day for us? Yeah, I just pulled it up right now. Um, okay. I, I, I'm winging this one. Life is like a game of cards. The hand that is dealt you is determinism. The way you play it is free will. And I'm not even going to begin to tell you what this guy's name sounds like. <laughs> Jawaharel Nehru. It's a good Jawaharel quote. I like sir, that. Sorry for the pronunciation. Yeah, but the quote is good. Thanks for the quote. That's awesome. Thanks. Sorry about that, Ed. I wasn't prepared. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Is your computer not running right? Is it making sounds? It shouldn't. Do you want your computer to run better? Give F1 for help a call at 208-687-0183 or visit them on the web at www.f1forhelp.net. Thank you for listening to The Business Buffet. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Business Buffet Podcast. If you came in hungry for some substantial business nuggets, we hope we left you satisfied. Pardon me. We invite you to visit our website, businessbuffet.page. Until next time, we hope you eat hearty in business.